Blackhawks fans, welcome into the Four Feathers Podcast, a winning edition. It's Johnny Nani alongside my guy Tony on tap. Tony, the weekend starts on Thursday. What a way to kick it off! How you doing, my friend? Cheers, Johnny. We have uh, a Blackhawks win to talk about. Victory beers in hand. I think you've got a little liquor drink uh, going. Second show of the day for Tony on tap here. Uh, just finished some socks on tap with our guy NWI Steve. Got to catch a. Uh, the first period of this one with him and, and talk some White Sox. Glad to be on with you tonight and uh, continue this uh, celebration of, of Blackhawks win. Yeah, cheers. Absolutely. Uh, it's good to be here uh, talking about a win, a hard-fought win uh, for our Blackhawks here this evening. So um, it, we're uh, looking forward to the show. We've got a lot of uh, good stuff in store here. Uh, before we do any of that, though, make sure you go and subscribe over on ONTAP Sportsnet on YouTube uh, so you know when we go live, hit the little bell button. Um, and then also join the comment section over there, like our guy Kirk, like our guy Skokes here. Um, it, we we uh, love featuring your comments on the show. So you can only do that through YouTube or Facebook at ONTAP Sportsnet on both of those platforms. Uh, Twitter slash X people, we love you, but we cannot see your comments. So go over to YouTube and Facebook at ONTAP Sportsnet. All right, Tony, let's dive in uh, to this uh, victory. 1-0 over the Anaheim Ducks tonight. Um, it, it was good to see a win, and we, it was a little bit of a rarity because a low-scoring game. Uh, Blackhawks haven't had a shutout this year. They were able to accomplish that tonight. Yeah, I think prior to this one, Johnny, there was some random crazy stat out there that the Hawks like only won in games where they scored, I believe it was four or more goals. And, you know, you got to win close games. These are tone setters, so to speak, uh, especially from the defensive and, and goaltending positions. Um, not a lot of help there lately. And th th this one felt good because of that, because it was a low scoring game. I enjoyed it. Every now and then you want to see a shutout. And we got that from Peter Morazic tonight. Just excellent goaltending. Again, something that I've been harping on for a couple of games now. It feels like maybe a solid two weeks of just not feeling great about goalie play. And, man, Peter Morazic showed up tonight. It was a great win. Yeah, our guy Skokes in the comments here says Mrazic equals wall. I would agree with that. 37 saves. Uh, he was perfect on both shorthanded and on the power play. Saved four uh, shots on the power play for the Ducks there. Um, Tony, I think you were hacked, though. Is this you giving Peter Mrazic praise? Is this real or is this a simulation right now? This is 100% real, Johnny. I can hashtag confirm it's true. Um, you know, just we'll get into Arvid Soderbloom later. But Peter Mrazic, I think... I've given him a, a couple of flowers so far this season. It's starting to happen a little bit more often than uh, I, I was anticipating to start this year. Um, that That is 100% me giving Peter Mrazic some praise there. All right. Uh, I, I like to hear it because you, you know me. I, I love my family guy meme. So whenever I can uh, hype up Peter, my guy. I like to do it. So I was able to use that. The uh, roller uh, disco dancing gif, uh, Peter, after the shutout tonight. Yes, uh, well, well, well deserved. Well, well deserved for Peter Morasic. Uh, but he, he wasn't the only highlight in this game, Tony. Uh, we, we had a very nice power play goal, um, which also another surprise here. Shout out to surprise power play goals. Surprise for the Blackhawks in recent uh, games here. And uh, it was an extended one. Um, and it was one that you felt like the Blackhawks really needed to score on with a double minor that they got there. Um, but 
Philip Kershev, it took into that second minute of the double minor, but Philip Kershev able to convert on a shot from the high slot and an extremely nice feed and drawing defenders away by Connor Bedard. Uh, what do you see on this goal here? You know, I, I saw exactly what you saw. Tremendous feed from Connor Bedard. Um, just it's, it's nice to see them score on the power play with the Bedard line out there, Johnny. Like that has been a problem thus far this season is capitalizing on power play chances. You've given up what feels like far too many shorthanded goals. Um, and, and this is a close one. This is a zero zero game here in the second period. You have the opportunity on an extended power play and the capitalization here is key. You like this being opportunistic, right? That's, that's exactly what they did. They found a way to get one across the goal line and um you know it, i think it was is more or less just a a great opportunity for two of the young guys to connect on uh on a power play opportunity and um Kershev needs more though i'm i'm not satisfied yet with uh with everything there i i want more of that um but good to see them firing the puck at the net in this situation versus trying to go to another pass or working the outside for a ton of time there sort of as soon as that zone entry comes in you get that puck movement get one on the net and I like that a lot you still served it up on a silver platter for me because I was just going to talk about the zone entry and how did they get into the zone it was Anthony Beauvillier new acquisition coming in and just sees the space across the middle of the ice so he takes it and he skates into the zone and then down into that left wing corner eventually sets up that play uh that went from Bedard to Kershev there uh with, with Bovilia there he did not wait for a one of those drop passes I feel like it's mm-hmm. the dreaded drop pass at this point and you know it, it felt like anytime like Seth Jones was like coming into the zone it would always be a wait for the drop pass right and then whoever has speed coming behind him to take it and I know in years past that had been Patrick Kane being the guy to do that but um you know it, it, you could place Connor Bedard in there. I feel like they tried to do that earlier on in the season, but I, I like the assertiveness from the new guy, Anthony Beauvillier. Bo knows. Bo knows, Tony. Hey, I mean, if that's what it takes to change up the look a little bit of, of the zone entries, that's been a hot topic um, amongst uh, people talking about the Blackhawks specifically on, on the X platform. Uh, that's been a problem. And and when it when it does work, Johnny, I don't feel like the offensive chances come as quickly as what you saw tonight. Everyone gets a chance to set up, right? Defensively. You can do exactly what they want if you're waiting around for that pass there. So um, I just wanted to highlight that. And obviously, great shot by Kershev to finish it after Bedard uh, with, with the sweet feed. So, Tony, it, it was, you know, I'm wearing a White Sox shirt that says winning ugly right now. But I feel like the third period was a little bit of winning ugly for the Blackhawks. They only recorded one shot on goal in the third period, but they were able to stand tall defensively. And that's where this uh, title of our episode comes from here. It's uh, season five, episode 16 of the Four Feathers podcast. Blackhawks stood tall defensively in that third period and i like seeing uh louis crevier and um uh alex vlasic out there with like a minute and a half minute 45 left to go uh, showing that luke richardson trust those young guys yeah i mean this this blackhawks decor has a ton of size and this is something that um i can't remember the last time we had this much size on the blue line johnny between uh crevier vlasic seth jones there's some big bodies out there it's nice to see the two young guns uh, on the defense there get the opportunities. Obviously, Kevin Korchinski 
can be included in the young guns here as well. But specifically Vlasic and Crevier, Johnny, when you're watching them on the ice, I've seen some good puck control from Alex Vlasic. I've seen not enough of Crevier yet, but in a small sample size, and I'm just curious, your evaluations here, you you look at uh, defenders a little bit differently than I do. What are your thoughts there? Was this a signal that they're being he's going to be trusted in these types of roles going forward? Because you've seen Vlasic get these types of opportunities so far this season. It doesn't seem to be that much different uh, with the new guy. Yep. Um, I think uh, I'm going to use one hockey cliche in that he plays a simple game and that really benefits him, especially at his size. Uh, but he does what he needs to do. And playing a simple game, part of that is clearing the puck out when you have an opportunity. And part of the reason why he's able to do that, our guy Skokes so beautifully assists on here. And he says, I think Crevier skates well for being damn near seven feet tall mm-hmm. exactly he's six foot eight out there but he does not lumber he's not very awkward with, with that height like you can see sometimes just depending on the guy i mean look at tyler myers i know he had a good like beginning of his career but he's like a giraffe out there now uh, and he looks like he's like kind of slipping around right now uh, that's not the case with luke Rever. he's very solidly built so um his skating ability benefits him and then his instincts he, he just knows what to do and this is impressive coming from a seventh round pick so um i like to see that uh, out of crevier there on, on the bottom pair so um good stuff on the blackhawks locking this thing down and obviously peter morazic with some big saves down the stretch uh 37 of them in total tonight so um that wraps up blackhawks win uh, i think uh you know well deserved uh on that front um they, they needed it too they were on a four game skid coming into this one tony and uh part of that was because of a shootout loss on tuesday against nashville which you were in attendance for we don't need to rehash this whole thing we can give nick felino some flowers two goals and an assist in that game he did his damn best but man you get to the shootout and arvid Sutterbloom, rough showing on tuesday night man and it rehashes the question that we've brought up on the show previously is arvid Soderbloom ass i don't think we need to go through that whole discussion here but i know that the blackhawks faithful wasn't too happy with them after tuesday's game they weren't and i wasn't either um what are we doing here what Over three. Here? That's that's rough, man. I that, mean, you didn't even give your chance. To, you didn't even give your team a chance to get to the third shooter. That's right. rough. You can't you can't do that. And especially, you know, Bedard goes out, gets his first. I'm I'm just, I'm okay with one one. You have to make a save on one of those two shots. And I don't know about you. I'm I'm sitting in the 300 level, right behind, uh, you know, the goal that they're shooting at here, Johnny and. Looking down the ice, I didn't really have the greatest of view on these, you know, shootout moves from the Nashville side. They, but they didn't look super impressive by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, Phil, um, Phil Forsberg's a goal scorer, like you said. You could probably live with one-one, right? Yeah. But after that, you're right. Nothing mind-blowing. No, no Patrick Kane. Yes, that's a goalie out of the skates, right? You have to make a save there. This is the same problem that we had with Robin Lehner almost in right. the shootout. He was bad. Um, he's he's bad in the shootout, and you know he's still considered a good goalie, I guess, uh, when he's on. Um, but Arvid Soderblom doesn't have the benefit of the doubt of being a, a goaltender that gets that kind of leeway in the NHL to just be absolute ass in the shootout, and that costs your team a point. That's how you lose trust with the fan base real quick. 
Um, Great game up until that point, a lot of energy, everything's there. And you have a chance to get an extra point in the standings. There's only one person that's on, you know, I don't think that there's many shootouts. Teams go three for three in the, in the, in the the first three shooters. Uh, Normally something gets stopped. If it doesn't, that sort of signifies that you're ass Johnny. (laughs) <laughs> at least yeah. in that I mean, in that situation I, uh, you know unfortunately i feel like we're gonna have to be debating this question all throughout the season because as it's been established here and, and you know who knows injuries may play a part down the road i hope that's not the case but it's an you know it's hockey it, it can happen we saw it last year with the rotation that they had to go through so i will say that yes it was the first shootout that the blackhawks played in this season so it, it, on one hand you might be able to say that and maybe next time around you see how he responds to that but at the same time there's nowhere else to look. You, you can't put it on the defense. It wasn't the key to Zaitsev right. in a traffic cone out there in front of you, right? So th- that's just mm-hmm. where this discussion comes up. So uh, unfortunately, we're just going to have to wait and see uh, if this is the case. But overall, you know, Arvid Soderblom's numbers in his NHL career to date, the results not there. And I know that there's a lot that has been made about the defense that's played in front of him and the lack of uh, run support, so to say, as you know, we talk about for starting pitchers in baseball, lack of goal support for him, uh, like just over two. Arvid Soderblom is not Jose Quintana. Yeah, let's just put it that way. (laughs) I like that. I I like that. I think our South side listeners will appreciate that as well. Um, I I agree on that front. So um, I just wanted to get your take on that. Um, We we don't have to stew too much over that Nashville game. Like I said, good good on Nick Foligno, though. Ron and I had talked about, you know, Nick Foligno saying all the right things. But what are you going to do? How are you going to respond? Well, right after that, a day after that show was aired, he went out and walked the walk in addition to talking the talk with two goals and an assist. So Nick Foligno, de facto, Tony. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you guys. He's quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, players to watch play hockey on this Blackhawks team outside of Connor Bedard. Um, not only as as you guys mentioned, he's really great with the media, has good messaging. I'm sure that echoes through the locker room as well. Um, I hate to keep bringing up the Corey Perry situation, but I think that there's more weight on Nick Felino now yep. to be that leader. After Corey Perry departs this team, um, you're really left with, I mean, outside of Seth Jones, we've talked about the forward group. Who's your who's your leader there? It's Nick Foligno at this point. And, you know, you talk about de facto, uh, that's that's yes, capital C. Uh, that That's true. Um, and there's a reason the media goes to him. There's a reason that the um, statements and quotes and everything that's there. Um, coming out of his mouth after you know whether it's a win or a loss the messaging seems to say the same and just a very stabilizing presence on this team right now that doesn't have a lot of stability that you can lean on so i i, I love it and you know multi-goal performances are cool and tough and that's always going to be hashtag confirmed here Yep. And another thing, I don't know if it really came vocally like I had asked for in terms of picking up that leadership void that is left just naturally with a veteran like Corey Perry departing the team. Um, Seth Jones, he had a couple of assists, too, um, in that Tuesday night effort, unfortunately, a losing effort. But, you know, sometimes uh, you you let your numbers do the talking there, too. I think I also still uh, maintain that it's important publicly you need to show face you need to talk to the media even if it's just for you know five ten minutes after a game whatever uh especially given their situation with no officially named captain there but at least you got a couple of assists there um to back that up uh on tuesday night let's move on tony a little bit of injury news here 
Um, you are the minister of grit here. And the minister of grit on the ice is Jared Tenorti. He's back in concussion po- protocol now, just three games after returning from the IR with an oblique injury. How crushed are you over this? I'm I'm very sad. Very sad. It's very sad. And I, I'm I'm crushed, dude. Uh I love when Tenorti's in the lineup. And again, you want to go back to Size. the leadership talk that we just had. There needs Size to be a blue grit. Too, right? There needs to be guys that are there to specifically, in my opinion, protect Connor Bedard. And I think that Jared Tenorti provides some of that protection. When you start to look at this lineup, you've got Connor Murphy out there. I think he's he's got some grit. You've got Nick Felino, some grit. Um, then it starts to really drop off if you don't have Jared Tenorti in your lineup, Johnny. I mean, can you really put anybody on Jared Tenorti's level? He's given us the best fight highlights, I think, of any Blackhawks player over the last two seasons. Um, right. Minister of grit. That's why you have to, you have to be in the lineup. And I understand that the the type of game that Jared Tenorti plays uh, is going to lend himself to injuries. Um, You know, so it's unfortunate to see him go down again. He's missed already a significant period of time um, this season. Uh, Last year, I think he had his like jaw wired shut for a while. Um, You know, I don't want to call him the Yoan Mancata of the of the Chicago Blackhawks because he's never on the field. That's a hot topic for the Southside listeners again out there. Um, he plays a tough style hockey. That's this is going to happen to him, and you'd hate for him to take that out of his game because I think that's what he brings to your team. But there's not a lot of depth there right now for the Hawks. You're missing some 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 grit. Uh, so to speak. And yeah, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on from the injury talk. Obviously, Tenorti not in the lineup in concussion protocol right now. Check on tapsportsnet.com for any updates uh, on that front as they may come about. All right. Uh, let's talk about Lucas Reichel next. Uh, the follow up to being a healthy scratch Sunday. He was back in the lineup, uh, albeit on the fourth line uh, for both of these games uh, to start this four game homestand. And um, how he's responded to that, uh, he was a minus one, one shot in two penalty minutes in 1221 uh, on. Tuesday against Nashville, and then one shot in 11:31 tonight. Um, I know he got his power play looks, especially during that uh, four-minute uh, penalty uh, in tonight's game. But um, you know, what what does Lucas Reichel have to do to climb back up this lineup here? Score goals. Is there anything uh, else they do though with that limited ice time that he's getting right now in a fourth-line role? That's kind of where I'd point this. I agree. Goals. Here's here's the here's the it's sort of a chicken and the egg to me, Johnny, because Lucas Reichel is going to develop and and play his game more in a top six role right now on on this Blackhawks team. Maybe if if you're on a competing team, he might not even be in the NHL. He might be at this point, you know, yeah. sent back down to the AHL at this point to sort of work on, you know, scoring in top six minutes. Um, I think the Hawks are just hard pressed with the current situation that they're in to make as drastic of a move as that. But if you're going to scratch him and throw him on the fourth line, 
are you letting him develop as a goal scorer? He's already been moved around so much this season, right? We, we start the year as a center. There's a lot of debate there. What do we want to do with him? He goes through his struggles. He gets his wake-up call. And now you're demoted down to the fourth line. Maybe it's not a huge deal in the grand scheme of things, but there's already been a lot of movement. Right. It's almost, you know, I, I hate to relate everything to baseball, Johnny, but like, are you a starter or are you a reliever? Let, let's pick a role a little bit for him and focus on the development this year. I know the Hawks are focused on results. I know it sucks, but you've been the champion of like, let's temper expectations for a second. We're not going to the playoffs this season. Do you see a benefit for him playing on the fourth line and trying to earn yeah. his way back up outside of, yeah, like, hey, you need to earn it? I'll, or I'll, where do yeah. you stand on this? Yeah, I'll I'll take the um, side of I think this is Luke Richardson's methodology um, because the healthy scratch is he's not the first player to receive this treatment. Remember earlier this year in that game? Yes, right. I brought that up on Monday when Ron and I were discussing this in Lucas Reichel being a healthy scratch. And I said I would be watching his response to this um, over these this next home stretch of games because I figured he would be back in the lineup. Sure enough, he was. And unfortunately, the outcome was that he was minus one and took a penalty um, in that game. But I think he was trying to do the right things. And you, I think I saw more of that assertiveness that left his game and led to him being a healthy scratch. If you go and look back at that road trip that just happened right before, obviously he did not play in the final game of it, but go and look at the Winnipeg game. Go and look at the Detroit game, even a game that he scored a power play goal, and he ends up being a minus two in that game. Um, I know he's minus one in this one, and plus minus is the end-all, be-all. However, he was in the position that the Hawks wanted him to be in in terms of being a aggressive, you know, back checker and trying to generate a turnover, what have you. He's happened to get a stick up in the wrong area. That happens sometimes in hockey. So a uh, tough break for him on that front. So overall, I think I kind of like his response to this and, and I like the way that he's handled it because they've asked him about it and he, I think he's humble about it and he understands that he wasn't playing the game that the Blackhawks need him to play previously. So I think working back towards that is a positive thing in his development overall. And going back to one thing that you said in the grand scheme of things, I think we'll just look at this as a blip on the radar, as long as that scoring can come and follow when he does get his opportunities back on that line. But in terms of the process of this, we're not going to Stanley cup this year. We're not going to playoffs. Shit. We're going for another lottery pick, right? I'm okay with, with this type of, tough love so to say from luke richardson and it's not the full-on torts i'll bet you for a full fucking period right that right that's, that's that's just that's the way i look at it and it's luke richardson's methodology of doing that and it's sending the message i think and it'll take maybe a few more games for that to fully set in but once one goes in the back of the net as long as he maintains this level of drive that at least i've seen when, when he does get his limited minutes in the last couple of games he'll be in a better position don't know if well, that means He'll yeah. be his long-term solution and an answer in a top six role, but he'll be on his way back towards earning those minutes. I'm of the mindset now after, after what you said that uh, the Luke Richardson methodology, and I think you put this very well um, is at play here. 
Because originally my thought was, why not throw him back up in the top six and try and get that going again, give him more opportunities to play with higher skilled players um, to, to fit his game. But now that you think about it, after what you said, he's had that opportunity already. You've got to earn that back. And I like the fact now that, you know, like there's, there's a work in progress there. Does it mean that you skate harder on a four check? Do you try and take um, a chance to go into a corner and dig a puck out instead of heading back um, for a shift change or whatever the little plays are? Because I'm sure they're looking at little things that don't show up on the score sheet here. It's not just, Lucas Reichel isn't on the score sheet for yeah. five or six games in a row. It's not it's, just John Dietz's analysis that matters, right? Right. There's <laughs> there's little things that that the coaching staff and and Luke Richardson are watching, um, you know, versus how they're performing in practice, and a lot of things that you don't see or even commentated on by the you know uh, wonderful broadcasting staff that we have here for the Chicago Blackhawks, so you can point these things out. We'll get to that in just a minute, but um, you know it, that that's that's made it hard to evaluate things because right. I think if you really look at Lucas Reichel's game thus far, you hear a lot in the media right now about what's not going right, and you see the 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 healthy scratch, you see him demoted to the fourth line. There's not a lot of explanation to the common hockey fan. What is like Lucas Reichel doing wrong? outside of just not scoring a goal. So I think the easy thing for people to gravitate towards is why isn't he showing up on the score sheet? This might not even be that. It could be the whole process behind it of a yeah. lot of those other things. So you, you remember back in school and now like the thing is that a certain way of teaching might not work best for a student given how they you know receive that teaching. They gave him the prop up. At first, that you're you're great, and we're gonna, you know, we expect you to be a center, and we're gonna, you know, you're gonna be a, you know, start the season at center, even though he played wing in the past years. And Kyle Davidson gave him the the whole, you know, fluff up before the season. That didn't work. You saw the drop in the score. Yep. Now we're going to the Luke Richardson school of tough love here. So I think this one will hopefully drive better results. It might take your lumps along the way, but sometimes that's part of the learning process. That's the way I look at it. All right, we got to get on, move on to the next topic and talk about that broadcast that you brought up, man. I'm sorry. The, the, we got to talk about Chris Foster's here. Um, TV broadcast has been bad, okay? As we'd say over on Socks on Tap. Thanks, Mr. Mackey. It's been bad, okay? So much so, Tony, that I used to just do this for ESPN broadcast. Now, I, I tonight I had to, and it was a much more enjoyable experience, obviously the win, but um, I had to sync up John and Troy. Um, on the TV broadcast. And I just want to point out a few examples here uh, that some of our excellent uh, Twitter slash X followers brought up here. Um, and, and JM, JM7144 says he's just spewing guys' names out without context added. And, and uh, I, I got to pull up the examples here to tell you what I'm talking about because I think any black any listener to four feathers podcast that also watches blackhawks game and has listened to chris foster's broadcast in recent days knows what i'm talking about here uh this is jm says reichel donato vlasic reichel says kill me i can't listen to him anymore fair point i agree with that that's annoying it doesn't give you any context about what's going on uh, our guy voodoo pointed that out as well to me uh on the x machine tonight uh sem semi again says bedard 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 high slot it's in bedard did not in fact score that goal but from the call, we have no idea. 
uh, who did score or how they did it. Um, and then we got another one from Sticks and Pucks, uh, and they say, um, I'm so sorry, but Vosters is hard to listen to. Bedard picked up speed and completely fooled Saros in the shootout, yet Vosters just gives us Bedard. And that's it. No explanation. Nothing. Kane would have said, excuse me, Foley would have said something like, you know, Kane deacon the goalie out of their pads or whatever, what have you. Those are the examples there. And once you know, once you have those in mind, I, I had to repost those on the Four Feathers X. Go follow us over there at Four Feathers Pod. Now we've got other people chiming in saying, now, now I can't unhear it. Now it's in my brain. And it actually is really bad. I don't like what I hear. Tony, I don't like what I hear either. I, I, from this point on, until someone tells me that it got better on the TV side, whenever I have the capability, I'm going to sync up John and Troy until this improves. I don't blame you. You you do this all the time for whether it's baseball or any sport. You're the master of of hooking up uh, the radio and this and that and all the audio stuff. I'm a simple dude. I like to flip on my cable TV and have things just work for me. I've got two trains of thought going, sort of conflicting in my mind. I'm obviously a huge Pat Foley guy. I mean... There were so many things that Pat Foley did. Tremendous call of the game. No matter what you say, Pat Foley was more universally loved, I think, by Blackhawks fans than even somebody who's a White Sox fan didn't have all in on Hawk Harrelson, right? Or Jason Benetti still had his back and forth talk about announcers in Chicago I'm sure on the north side Harry Carey was universally loved just like Pat Foley was uh for the Blackhawks hockey is probably the most difficult game to call pucks moving around um just the pace of the game is a lot different than baseball or football uh even basketball to that matter there's a lot more slowdown not as many changing players coming on and off the ice. It's difficult. Um, Ron was a huge Chris Voster supporter, our guy Ron Luce, um, when this whole thing yeah, during the made its process, change. But I think he's kind of backed off of that he's, a little bit, he's given recent off of examples it a lot. that I just cited there. So I'm at the point now where I listen to Chris Vosters, and like to be honest with you. I listen to it. I'm not going to turn it off because there's moments of content that can be created out of how bad the, it is. The <laughs> For real though. Like, and, and to a point now I'm almost like that's, that's valuable, right? Like we can all talk about this and, and, and converse about it. It's not, it's not dry. Like he's giving you content. Yeah. It might not be great from like a hockey standpoint, but he's he's gonna say something throughout the game or do something that's worth talking about afterwards. So give him credit for that, right? Like he's he's making the headlines, probably not for the right reason. Then there's the other portion of this that's the the names that were just shouting out incessantly as the puck is moving around. One, he would make the worst radio broadcaster of all time. <laughs> yeah. At least with the television. 
and I'm I'm guilty of this. I'm looking at this thing the entire game, right? I'm on Twitter, I'm answering messages, and I right. want to hear what's going on. I don't think that the, you know, Bedard, Kershev, Bedard, because you hear that the whole time. If you're looking down at your phone, you have no fucking clue what's going on. And let's be real, 90% of us probably have our phone in our hand while we're watching the game for some reason or another for at least five to 10 minutes out of the game, if not more. He's not being descriptive enough for you to follow things. But if you put this down and just actually watch the game, you're fine. You're fine. You can watch it on mute. Because there's been people in the comments who've said, I just mute the TV and listen to other things. You can watch it. Why, like, I, I just, I don't know. Outside of, hey, this is like funny almost to watch. Where do you go from there? That's not, it's not a great broadcast by any stretch of the imagination. I saw people coming after Darren Pang. Right. Uh, it, it, as yeah. well, I was too, gonna, now. I was going to bring that up. Jumps that, doesn't, in. that doesn't, well, that doesn't help. Vosters in that when Darren Pang takes a national, I understand it's a lot of travel and he was up in Western Canada. It was Oilers Canes last night late that he was at. And I understand that. So, you know, but he's out then with the Blackhawks playing Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday being the national game. He's out to travel there on Tuesday. So he misses that one. Then he's obviously Wednesday is the game itself. And then Thursday, maybe not enough time to get back. So that's already two here that he's missing and he's definitely the strong suit of that broadcast team. Right. Right. So is not doing Vosters any favors there because I think Kaylee Chelios has good hockey takes, but someone uh, mentioned monotone there. And, you know, unfortunately that's just, sometimes you just can't fix that. It's just the way that they speak. Right. Um, yep. So it, it, that's not doing Vosters any favors there. Beyond that, I think we're going to probably have multiple conversations about this throughout the year, but we, we got to wrap up, get to what's on tap next, get out of here. One last thought on it, and this is just me, personal opinion. Vosters also has a personality, and sometimes it's vibrant, and sometimes he shares some good stuff. If you follow him on social media and you need to get some updates from Morning Skate or whatever, you, some decent content or videos of practice and all of that. He's also a TikTok announcer. That's what I like to call him. Because he likes to make the selfie fucking videos and all of that stuff. And you know what? That's fine and dandy. I understand it's a new age here and there. But he looks like an in real life Wojak, Tony. And it's cringe to me. And it, my uncle once told me I got lost. I went to the Chicago Auto Show. I was probably only in like third grade. Me and my cousin was probably only in fifth grade at the time. We got lost, separated. It took like 30 minutes for my uncle and my grandpa to find us. And when he found us, he told me one thing said, you can't fix stupid. And I'm going to apply this to Chris Foster's here and just his personality and his aura. It's cringe, and you can't fix cringe. So unfortunately, he's kind of pitted. He's pitted in the wrong side of my brain here. That's where I'll leave it at. I think a lot of people are right there with it. Um, on the same note that you're on, uh, and they're done with it. I, I don't know how long that relationship will last. It's unfortunate because he seems to love the job. He seems to enjoy well, being he's part a nice of. Guy. Yeah, he seems to be one of the. He's, yeah, he's really person, great but... dudes. I, to be honest, I, I I wouldn't mind him calling a White Sox game on a trial basis right. to replace it's... Jason Benetti because he's done baseball before, and 
seems to be a nice enough guy that, you know, can, can do stuff, hold a fan base, provides extra content, all that other, you know, stuff that broadcasters have to do now. I just think hockey's out of his depth. Like he's in over the deep end. He doesn't have a bad voice for broadcasting. I, 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 Better right. than mine, I said. You know, like it's it's no, it's way it's, better than mine. So I, I give him credit for that. Um, it's just the level of detail when it comes to calling a hockey game. Maybe that's not it. I don't know. Yeah, it, right. And, and keeping up with the pace too. I think that's another big part of it too. Which when you hear the names just rattled off one after the other, uh, when it's a you know quick passing play is what ends up you know really being a standout example, like some of our excellent uh, followers over on X pointed out. All right, we're getting down to the uh, last couple minutes of the show here, so it's time to take a look at what's on tap next. Uh, Homestand continues with two more games, a back-to-back weekend uh, against the St. Louis Blues on Saturday. That'll be 7 And you're excited for these ones. I am. They're evening games. Very nice. like to see that build up all day. 7 o'clock puck drop, Saturday night, play Bay City Rollers. Let's go. Is that... Johnny's best day ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then uh, one of those great six o'clock starts on Sunday, six o'clock uh, at the UC. Both of those games on NBC Sports Chicago. All right, Tony. Question, burning question here is: Do the Blackhawks finally record wins in consecutive games for the first time this season? Are they going to beat the Blues on Saturday night? Is what I'm asking. Tough time against the Blues last uh, last game out. Uh, that was also on worst day ever, though. So. It, that was on worst day ever. So we need to make it Johnny's best day ever, and that's why I think you know I'll best go on. A, I'll go out on a limb. Best night Nighttime. ever. Best night ever. Johnny's best night ever. Yes, they have to win on Johnny's best night ever. So yeah, the the adult playground, the adult yeah. playground that is the UC and surrounding bars. That's what Saturday night's for, not matinee games. <laughs> Saturday night hockey, hockey night, hockey night in Chicago. Let's go. There you go. Uh, let's go get, with the, you let's get those back. I'm, to go, back. I'm going with you too. Let, let's get it. Uh, let's lock it down. And then I think you're going to be in attendance Sunday. Uh, do we get a little weekend sweep here, or do the Capitals uh, find a way to squeak one out here? You know, it's the Capitals. So I don't know. I, I'd like the back-to-back wins. I don't want to sit here and make predictions of going to a game and watching a loss. <laughs> You're putting me in a tough spot here. Why not go for three in a row? I think they call that a winning yeah. streak. It has happened before. It has happened before. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll, I'll go opposite you and say loss against the Capitals um, due to my predictions on Monday's show. So Fair enough. I'll leave it at that. All right. Uh, we are just about out, out of time here on the Four Feathers podcast. We appreciate everyone tuning in after a Blackhawks 1-0 win over the Anaheim Ducks shut up by Peter Morazic. Uh, good stuff to kick off the weekend because we all know weekend starts it on Thursday here at ONTAP Sportsnet. Speaking of that, make sure you're subscribed over on YouTube at ONTAP Sportsnet and like us on Facebook as well. Same handle. Uh, go and uh, join the comments section uh, like our good friends Skokes, Kirk, Plenty of other uh, you that have joined in on the discussion. Uh, we cannot see your comments from X slash Twitter. So make sure you're joined in on YouTube and Facebook there. And as always, check out ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can find us on the socials at Four Feathers Pod. 
and at ONTAP Sportsnet. That'll do it for this edition of the Four Feathers Podcast. Until next time, let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.